You ready, Freddy? We'll see, bitch. <laughs> Take two's a lot better. <laughs> well, here we are. Here we are. And uh, we're going to talk about a pretty prolific series, I guess. High-profile series. I would say slasher, so. slasher genre. We're here to talk about... A majority of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, with the exception of the remake and Freddy vs. Jason. Which, I don't know, maybe we gotta get through the, the Jason films before we get to that. I refuse to sit through the Friday the 13th films. I'm gonna just... I, I've tried. I've tried. I you, can only get as far as part four. No, look, all the ones after four are bad, but some of them are funny. Once you start getting into, like, Jason X territory, that's where it's like, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna put these down. Yeah, I don't, there's just nothing there that's compelling me to, to, to plow through that franchise. I, I, we'll see. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, this is the uh the epic conclusion of this year's five weeks of Halloween. Yeah, last year we well no, last year we didn't end it on the Halloween franchise. We ended it on Halloween ends. But we did do the Halloween franchise. So this was kind of like the natural next yeah. step for this year. So um what uh did you watch this franchise growing up as a kid, or was this kind of something you picked up as an adult and watched through? Or I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, what what are your earliest memories of this franchise? So I definitely saw the original. It's been a long time, though. So long that it basically was like a new movie. The franchise has been kind of pre- like uh, prevalent in my life. I have had friends that are really into it um but i just never watched past the original one for whatever reason um and i was in a lot of bands well two not a lot just two just two bands that covered the the drama rama song anything anything from the uh nightmare on elm street part four soundtrack so i guess i have had ties to it even even if I haven't necessarily watched the entire uh, the entire series, but yeah, so just the first one. I did watch the remake too uh, when it came out, it, and it was pretty immediate after its release. So those are really the only two that I've had a ton of experience with. The earliest memory I have is watching the first kill scene from New Nightmare. 
uh, the husband and the glove. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I have a very early memory of just seeing that scene and that kind of... I don't remember if that was my first introduction to Freddy Krueger or if it wasn't. I also have kind of a foggy memory of watching the original in my childhood, but I, I'm similar to you. I didn't watch the entire franchise until I was an adult, and that was actually like two, three years ago where... I want Yeah, probably three years ago where uh, I sat down and watched the entire franchise. So this is kind of my second or no it's my second time through um the entire franchise i guess how how did it hold up from your uh from your time watching it a few years ago i will say that i don't i don't i like you my memory of watching the original was foggy so there's not really any holding up (laughs) for me (laughs) it's kind of like i said a new experience basically at this point yeah, so I think for me this this second time around, uh, I like I liked the franchise a lot more. The first time around, I kind of was not prepared for the bullshit that comes later on <laughs> in the franchise. You assume, like with any slasher franchise, you're gonna get into those stinkers. The <laughs> yeah, the further you get, uh, I was not, however, ready for the dumpster fire that. <laughs> that is the last few films of this franchise. But this second time around, I was able to kind of pull a little bit of enjoyment out of them because I kind of knew what was coming. Um, I think one through four hold up really well. There's some really cool practical effects really in the first three that I think hold up really well. Yeah. Uh, I think four and five... <laughs> Some of the effects start to get a little wacky and weird, but I, I can kind of give it a pass because, like, the the things that felt out of place to me were like within the dreamland sequences of the film. So it's like you can suspend disbelief a little bit. Like there was just some stuff where, like, it'd be like buildings in the background that just looked really bad. <laughs> but this is like three and four, but like the effects that we would get in the original held up a lot better. I don't know. I guess it it just deals with different directors and different people behind the camera. Yeah. And it's also wild that how frequently these movies came out. Like I I understand that this is a slasher trope because you get that with uh, the Halloween movies. You get that with really, you get that really with uh, the Friday, the 13th franchise. And then, Obviously, other horror franchises like uh, Puppet Master, like we mentioned last week, has like 16 sequels or something insane like that. Uh, But yeah, the rate at which these movies come out is wild to me, especially when you watch something like Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is the 10th anniversary Of the yeah. original, <laughs> like you're already uh, seven movies into or eight movies into it now. So, yeah, just crazy that crazy how many movies came out. And it definitely shows in the quality <laughs> at various points throughout the series. Yeah, I want to I want to say that I believe part two came out less than a year after the original. That is 
Wild. It's either less than a year or it's like right around that year mark that it came out. Yeah, that that one was fast tracked and it shows. <laughs> Honestly, though, <laughs> that one, knowing that it was fast tracked, like I I I knew it was obviously, but knowing that it was fast tracked made makes me appreciate it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, it it kind of give you almost kind of got to grade it on a curve, maybe. I don't know if you can, but I, I like will... to. <laughs> I like to. I'm gonna say something, and I don't mean this to be, to be offensive. Uh oh, this movie is so gay. Well, yeah, it, it's like, kind of heralded as such. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's so funny to see some of these scenes now with like a, a 2023 lens of like sort of open openness, more openness to this subject. Because like there are so many scenes where I'm I'm just. <laughs> do you think that do you think they're obvious because of the time that we're living in today, and maybe they weren't so obvious in the '80s when this film I mean, came out? Probably because it it does feel like it's. It feels think... like it was in the script and it was taken out, but you still have those kind of undertones there. And today, yeah. in today's world, they just seem so obvious. I definitely think that, well, there's been interviews with the director where he retroactively is like, oh yeah, this is, <laughs> this is sort of, this is a gay movie. <laughs> Unknowingly was writing the yeah, sort but... of coming out <laughs> story. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's definitely gay. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great one. I like it a lot. It, yeah, two <laughs> has a soft spot in my heart. One, yeah. Once we get to uh, four, five, and six, that's where, uh, and seven, that's where I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's where I just I just can't anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think. Hold on. Let me look at my notes. Just to put in perspective, how sort of terrible <laughs> the, the movies get it took me five different sessions to finish nightmare on elm street part four the dream master <laughs> really i was watching it in 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> that sessions and it was it was like this stinks but i also think that coming coming hot off the heels of part three might have been a detriment <laughs> to it well, four, similarly to two, I believe was fast tracked. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three came out in February eighty seven, and then four came out of August of eighty eight. So there is a sizable gap between it, but it's not. <laughs> it's not enough, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> no, not not at all. Uh. All right. So. I guess uh where do you want to start with this? Um so do you want to start at the tin up talk about the first one? Do do you want to talk about them? Uh, we're not going to go into like detail about them, but I think we could just for the sake of time uh we can save our thoughts on the movies for when we get into the ranking. Right. Okay. Just just so we don't get into a situation where we go through the movie and then we go through our ranking and we're just kind of rehashing what we already said. That's true. That's a good idea. 
So I wanted to ask you, like, how did you watch five then? So if four, it took you a long time, it took you multiple tries to get through. Five. When to, you got to five, were you just kind of like at a point where you were accepting of, okay, this is <laughs> this this is what this franchise is now. I yes. have to just watch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just sat back and let it happen to you. <laughs> I think I watched in two sessions, um, but it was a case of just acceptance. <laughs> There, there was definitely a five stages of grief uh, <laughs> happening during part four and, or sorry, four stages of grief and five. Part five was the acceptance. You know, nice. It makes sense. Part five, your five, the fifth stage of grief is acceptance. So, the, the funny, I just, I just had to, you know, I just had to bite the bullet and just watch it. I got a question. Yeah. What is this franchise's? thing with having a character who does some sort of karate or kung fu in every movie oh my god yeah it's like seriously a big a big element of these movies especially four like if if two is the gay one four is the kung fu one because there's just like it's so in your face like you got the brother that's doing it and then alice when she kind of takes on the powers of yeah of, of her, the uh other victim, she takes on that kung fu <laughs> of her brother. I love that shot where she she gets all ready and set up, and she takes the last picture off of the mirror, and she's just like fucking hey. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down because I thought it was so funny. That might be better than any Freddy's one liners, at least in like Freddy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's dead. He's fucking dead. Um, you know, for somebody who practices uh the art of martial arts a ton, Rick Johnson sure did get his ass handed to him very quickly by uh Mr. Freddy Krueger. That uh, scene was so atrocious. <laughs> I love it because in that fighting scene Right there in the middle, all of a sudden, he knew exactly where Freddy was and was able to just start hitting him. Like, they gave oh no indication God. of, like, okay, Freddy's now making this noise, so he know Like, he just out of the blue knows where he's at now <laughs> and lands some significant strikes on old Freddy. My favorite, and by favorite, I mean least favorite part of this fight, is just the the sort of bigger conversation that this that this sort of ha- uh takes if freddy can just be invisible in this karate fight why can't he just do it all the time <laughs> like why why is he even showing his face like i get maybe he gets like a high on showing his face and actually uh you know striking fear into the hearts of these children but if he was smart he would just turn invisible kill all these kids and then that's it right <laughs> and this doesn't happen anywhere else in the series he never is like invisible <laughs> he's just is stalking that's no wait there there's other there's other scenes where he's invisible and making things happen i can't think of them right off the bat but it's definitely happened um or maybe I'm thinking of scenes where you're flashing back and forth between um, what the person in the nightmare is actually seeing and what somebody who's not in the nightmare is seeing. The person yeah, it, I might be thinking of that. It's kind of hard 
at point various points throughout the series to determine what is a dream and what is not. Yeah. It gets but that so in, that in, adds to the the horror in the earlier films though. Yeah, I agree with that. In the original, it's a really neat trick uh because you don't know when <laughs> uh characters are asleep or not. Um and actually there's a really even though we're shitting on part four, there's a really good part where Alice is talking to Rick and she's in front of a mirror and she's talking and it, it'll cut to Rick who's sitting. For some reason, I think he's, I want to, I keep thinking he's on a toilet, but I know he's not because <laughs> that would just be weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he's sitting somewhere in a locker room, I think. And, uh, it cuts to him, he's talking to Alice, but then it'll cut to Alice, who's, you know, in front of a mirror, and the reflection shows Rick asleep. So, like, de- little details like that are cool. But y- y- when you get further into the series, it definitely becomes... It's it's not neat anymore. It becomes an actual problem where I don't understand <laughs> when someone is asleep and not, and it... Just is confusing. <laughs> I agree. I um, agree. So we're already kind of into it, but do you just want to kind of unload any of the wacky or weird things throughout the franchise or things that bugs you? I have one from the original. And okay. So I meant to go back and double check this. I didn't have time to, but so in the original, Nancy calls. Um, I'm blanking on Johnny Depp's character's name right now. Uh, Glenn, yeah. So she calls, well, no, she calls Glenn or her dad. I watched this movie like two weeks ago. Um, but basically at the end when she was like, um, wake me up in 20 minutes. Yeah. Then that... she goes on to do a whole bunch of shit that you cannot get done in 20 minutes. She does like, she sets up all of her traps around the house. like she just she does shit that she does like five different tasks and one of those tasks will take the entire 20 minutes oh and you gotta go to sleep and then go in the dream get freddy grab him like it just kind of took me out a little bit at the end and i i don't know if i ever picked up on it before but i'm just like wait a minute how are you doing this in all this amount of time so to 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 add to that, there's a part in the first one where she's reading a book, and it's called Booby Traps and Improvised Antipersonal Devices. And I thought that was so silly <laughs> that I had to write it down. <laughs> really, at the at that point in the movie, it becomes the uh, <laughs> the baseline premise for what Home Alone is: <laughs> just <laughs> setting traps in your house for. <laughs> Damn, you're spurring on with that. <laughs> yeah, it, there was always that that element of the movie that I was always kind of like scratching my head at. Like, I wonder why you go that route because n- none of that really serves in the actual defeat of Freddy. I mean, I guess it does because it it's all a ploy to get him to grab him and get him into the real world. So that yeah. you can strip all the power away from him. But I don't know, man. I just feel like there was probably a better way to do it. Yeah. And, I mean, there probably was, but I don't know what that. 
it's funny because when you get into the later movies, it, it kind of their plans are just. I don't remember a single one. It's just it's just always like we gotta stop Freddy. That's the plan. And then when you get to uh, Freddy's Dead, they kind of revert back to the that original plan in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. We gotta get him out of the dream. And that was the point in which I'm like, yeah, that's what you gotta do. Exactly. <laughs> this do, whole time. Do the same thing that worked last time. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> and then we that happens in New Nightmare, right? They it's not explicitly said, but they do try to like get him out, right? I'm I'm for some reason I'm foggy on New Nightmare. I'm gonna yeah. It's weird. I'm not entirely sure how New Nightmare works. When I oh, watched it, oh no, no, it, they um, they just burn him in the dream because they're in the sort of cell. Yeah, okay, okay. I just remembered, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it it's weird because it's kind of explained by Wes Craven in that scene with him and Heather, but I'm still not exactly clear on how this works, but. So Wes Craven was writing, having the nightmares, writing the script, so it was coming to life. Yeah. Okay. And then because of, because they were all having the nightmares, they were giving Freddy the power. Or giving this demon the power that right. was embodying yeah. Freddy. That's, right. called, that's sort of my issue with New Nightmares. It doesn't really feel like a Freddy movie, but anyway, um, yeah, it's just kind of weird because they don't. Each film has its own way of defeating Freddy, and we can't seem to, to to get a fucking definitive way. I mean, even in fucking Freddy vs. Jason, he gets decapitated, and he's still <laughs> just weakened at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think this is just an issue where we're trying to to delve too far in, into a rational explanation and this is a series where you, you're not really supposed to <laughs> yeah the slasher genre in general you, you probably don't think too much about it so the funny thing is in Halloween he keeps coming back and the reason is like he's evil and I, like, I'm more accepting of that than I am of like no he's 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 a dream but I guess, like, in that sense, you know, if you have the same dreams all the time, you can't really stop. Well, I mean, eventually, if you have a same dream, it sort of just dissipates, but uh, you can't really control dreams. So I guess that's the idea behind it, is, you know, you can't really control what a dream is or what happens in a dream. So why would you be able to control someone who whose entire life existence is uh, killing teenagers in their dreams. Oddly enough, um, I think that part, well, not part, but uh, I think five has the best basis for bringing Freddy back and having Freddy able to attack the child's dreams that Alice is pregnant with. Obviously, it's executed completely horribly, but I... For me, that's like the best premise of bringing Freddy back. Baby in the wound, dreaming like 10 to 12 hours a day. So now Alice doesn't have to be asleep. I feel like that almost could have been 
part two, because in two, I mean, Freddy just doesn't operate by any of the rules set out in the original in two, especially that pool sequence at the end where he just pops out. Yeah, so I had to look this up because I thought, um, I think you're spot on. The the screenwriter, uh, Leslie Boehm, originally pitched the basic idea for the Dream Child to New Line executives during a pre-production for Nightmare on Elm Street 3. So this was an idea that had been floating around for a while. Um, Obviously in this one, it's... I wouldn't even necessarily say that the idea is executed poorly. It's just that the movie is <laughs> so bad that like, everything around it suffers. <laughs> a- apparently, there was a script that was submitted for what eventually came to be Freddy's Dead, where in, I, I forget who submitted it, but in this version of the movie, the Dream Warriors come back. And instead of approving that, we got Freddy's Dead approved somehow, which is just beyond me. Let's, you know what is the real, uh, <laughs> the real nightmare of this, uh, these movies is they, they have this incredible cast in part three. You got Patricia Arquette, you got, uh, Heather, oh, what is her last name? Langenkamp? Um, yeah. You got Larry Fishburne, and then, then they totally recast pretty much. Well, they only really recast Kristen, but yeah, I was saying apparently, why? Yeah, and then Tuesday night's performance in part four just leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. That 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 really bummed me out after watching. I think that was <laughs> that was part of why it took me so long to finish four was because of the high of three and then like immediately going into four and seeing Kristen recast as just just, just bummed me out. I'm glad that the other two characters weren't recast, but yeah, they did they did them fucking dirty right in the beginning. Also, this yeah. movie, this this series, the first few are better at this, but they don't do a lot to endear me to the characters before they die. It's just kind of like they're there and then they die. <laughs> it's like the it's like slasher one hundred and one. You have to be sort of, you know endeared to the characters you have to like the characters on some some basic you know sense right yeah yeah i agree so um what about uh freddy what what do you have a favorite version of freddy we get we get kind of a different flavor each each movie yeah so in the original in the original he's not nearly as sort of I don't want to say witty, but he's not nearly as funny. He is a terror. Yeah. <laughs> when you get, obviously when you get further into the series, I, w- I would argue. The, that's when the more of the one liners come out and when, uh, when his sort of sarcastic and, you know, 
not, disingenuous personality comes out, but I would ar- I would argue that Freddy's Revenge Freddy is probably our darkest Freddy. Yeah, you're probably I mean, right. I, I mean, unless you want to you want to count the remake because <laughs> Freddy is just a complete piece of shit in the remake. I haven't seen the remakes. Leave, they leave nothing to be questioned in the remake. They're like, nope, he did it. And he didn't just kill him either. He did the other stuff. <laughs> I don't... Like I said, I've seen... I watched the remake when it f- first came out, but I don't remember a lot from it at all. I just remember not liking it. Which is even... why which is why I was kind of not too keen on watching it <laughs> this time around. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, we um, should have. We should have watched Freddy vs. Jason, though. I did watch the end of uh, Jason Goes to Hell because they have that little tease at the end of uh, Jason Goes to Hell where Jason's mask is, you know, buried in the ground and then Freddy's hand comes up. That's that's a good tease. And then it took took, uh, (laughs) 10 years (laughs) for that to pay off. And and pay off is kind of a stretch. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so you could kind of break it down into the really four eras, I guess. Um, there is, like, the first... Well, I guess three. There's the original two, which are more horror-filled Freddy. And then you have kind of the the middle bulk, where he's still, you know, obviously a, uh, a terror and a murderer, but... For for some reason, he really loves to just be a little sarcastic asshole all the time. And uh, then you have New Nightmare, where he... Uh, actually, I guess he really retains the same qualities in New Nightmare from the original. But he does have that sort of sadistic, you know, wit yeah. to him. So really, I guess there's sort of two eras of freddy um i think he got three i think he got i think he got straight up scary freddy who will kind of give you a one-liner here and there then you got kind of like the perfect blend which i would say is probably in dream warriors where you still got scary but now you're starting to get some of that comedy and those one-liners are really starting to land and then you got where he's just a fucking MTV Freddy. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the original horror-filled sort of nightmare fuel Freddy is the best one. Um, but I would say that 3 is really where we sort of get a fuller version of Freddy Krueger. Um, and then from from there, you know, I don't want to say it's a hollow version of him, but we've gotten the best version of Freddy already. So it's just, it's just rinse and repeat at that point <laughs> to varying degrees of effectiveness. Um, yeah, I would say the, the Freddy from the, the original three, are probably up in the air as to which. I also like the one from New Nightmare. I love his look. 
in New Nightmare Two. Um, we for some we disagree very much. <laughs> for some reason, he was like when he first shows up in New Nightmare. I was like, whoa! Like something about the eyes, <laughs> like the contact lenses, and he also looks beefier, which is just scary in general. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that Freddy just doesn't work for me at all. I I know I get it. The, you know what the thing about him is is the uh the black trench coat feels sort of off, but I, I think it's the green hat too. Really? I was like, man, that's a cool green hat. <laughs> and, and it's also kind of the way he's shot too. Like in New Nightmare, he's put in a lot of bright spaces. Yeah. That, that Freddy just I don't think he belongs in. I think I think the look of Freddy in New Nightmare is really cool. There's three specific things in New Nightmare that I like. The eyes, because um, they're like a sort of like uh, like neon yellow green look to them. That's just like, and his eyes are always wide. <laughs> it's just it's sort of terrifying. Uh, something is terrifying about that. I do like the trench coat. I mean, I like the hat, but come on, man. Green with black. What are we doing here? <laughs> Just wear a black one. Um, And like I said, he looks beefier, which is just something unsettling about a, uh, a Freddy Krueger that hits the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But yeah, I mean, you don't really get a change cosmetically from one to six or one to seven. He kind of looks different in one, but I think that's mostly because for a lot of the movie, you don't even really see him. It's just kind of a silhouette. But yeah, we don't really... New Nightmare is the only like radical change of Freddy throughout the entire series. Cause they, and then they immediately go back for Freddy vs. Jason. He's back to his uh, high point 80s <laughs> look. And... uh then we then we have the remake, but whatever. What about you? What's your favorite look for uh for Freddy? Really, there's only three then, right? It's all the original seven, and then New Nightmare, and then the remake. So. Yeah. So I w- I was thinking more of it of uh breaking it down per movie. What what movie had my favorite Freddy in it? Uh, I go back and forth. It's between two or three. Even though I really, really, really love Freddy in the original, I just think with two and three, with a little bit more information on Freddy, it adds to his, like his mystique. And two, with kind of the rule book just being thrown out the window, coupled that with the kills, I think, just make two bonkers. <laughs> but three, <laughs> three, you you get that perfect kind of blend of funny witty one-liner but still really evil and kind of rooted in psychological horror so, i agree yeah, with that probably dream warriors freddy for sure yeah i'm gonna say dream warriors too although the original is pretty much neck and neck with it yeah. i think i think just it's like one a one b right i think not being able to really get a clear view of Freddy in the original is to the film's benefit 
it really helps add to the uh I love the horror. I love the horror. The, the horror. I love the first <laughs> time you see kind of Freddy's full silhouette, full body is yep. when he's got like the elongated arms stretched out and he's walking down the alley. This is really fucking that might be one of the scariest moments in the entire franchise, which I guess is a good transition to um to talk about some of our other favorite scary moments. There aren't really a lot. Yeah, it's this is weird because it is a horror a horror franchise. Um but <laughs> so much of it is really not scary. It's just yeah, I don't know. The first one is definitely yeah, scary, but then from there on it's just kind of yeah, so the only two really scary moments I have both come from the original and that's <laughs> um Nancy's uh nightmare inside the school where you see Tina Ooh. in the body bag and you got that iconic scene of you know, the legs coming up and her being dragged across we've seen the scene so many times now we're kind of desensitized to it but it is still a horrifying scene the first time you see it because you're in it's like a school is supposed to be like this innocent place right and yeah I got that and then what we just talked about the first time you see Freddy coming down the alley with the elongated arms yeah I would agree those are the two really scary moments in the series the body bag one is the the one for me though. Um, also, let's just throw this out there. They did Tina so wrong on. Okay, so she dies right, and mm-hmm. then then they have the news report the very next morning about it. Why are they showing? Why are they showing Tina on the news in a clear body bag? That is just disrespectful, man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that, but yeah. And I get why they did it for continuity's sake, because then you immediately go to the school where, you know, her body bag is being, you know, dragged around. But come on, man. <laughs> on the <Yeah>. news. <laughs> that, There's that's no dis- nudity on the news. There's That's disrespectful. <laughs> um. Yeah, those are the two scariest moments. I will say that in New Nightmare, um, hold on, let me think of the scene. Um, when at the end, when Dylan's in that sort of uh, fireplace and Freddy is reaching out towards him, and his hand is or his arm is stretching to reach for Dylan. Um, yeah, that part I was like, "Ooh, that is <laughs> that is a little unsettling." Just because you see, the only thing you can see is Freddy's face, and like I said, the eyes, you know, the color of the contact lenses, and just his sort of expression in general, uh, just reaching out for, for this actual child. We should also mention that really throughout the series, he only kills teens. So this is the first time. And and they've hinted, obviously, his past uh, talks about killing children, so it's kind of vague as to what the age ages of these children really are. Um, but yeah, that's the first time we see Freddy actually about to kill <laughs> like a straight-up kid. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, this is also not technically Freddy 2. That's true, yeah. Which... 
Yeah, we'll we'll get into because I new nightmare is weird, man. It's weird. Yeah, I have I have very weird thoughts. I have very varying degrees of uh <laughs> likes and dislikes about it. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say likes or dislikes. It's just I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah. Um. So supporting characters. Ooh. Okay. I got to shout out the goat, Uh-oh. Kincaid, from, from Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street King- three and four. I don't, I don't view Kincaid as a side character. Oh well, I was, I was basically viewing any character that wasn't the sort of main girl, uh, or girls or guy. So like, well, if Kincaid isn't a side character, then. Gotta, nah, man, I, you can't you can't count him. He's a dream warrior. I gotta adjust my rankings then. Yeah. I will say that I love uh, uh, Larry Fishburne's uh, character in Dream Warriors, the nurse. He's yeah. really cool. Yeah, he's uh, on my list. Are we just because, are we counting? Just cause oh, you get ahead. the feeling that he actually like cares about these kids, right? And that's just because Lawrence Fishburne is a is a damn good actor. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um also shout out to um to Dr. Neil Gordon from Dream Warriors too. Oh yeah, right. Um, um he's really likable, but my one issue with him though is how quickly he changes his mind on the medicine. I agree. Yeah. It's like she brings it up you get one, not well. You get one kid that this was right after the um, the the puppet kill, right? Yeah. So right after that session is when he was like, "Okay, no, I'm gonna prescribe this medicine." Where it's like it it seems kind of sudden, but yeah, I, I think I, at that I really point, like yeah. I think at that point it was sort of like we have to take drastic measures, but sure, but it. Seems a little weird because that's after the first kill in inside the actual. Um, that's true. Yeah, inside the hospital, and I mean, all these kids are sleep deprived too, and it it seemed like you might have needed one or two more kids to drop off before he made that leap, but you probably didn't have enough time in the movie to get that, but. Where he really comes around and becomes a likable character for me is when he just straight up grabs Nancy's dad and, and throws him against the wall in the bar and is like, we're going for a ride. Because <laughs> so, at that point, he's like fully in and believes. Right. So Nancy's dad is technically a side character then. Correct. I like, I yeah. like Nancy's dad. Yeah, um, he's cool. I, I necessarily wouldn't say like... he. My problem is that... I understand why he he acts the way he is, but he's such a detriment to <laughs> everything that happens yeah. in these movies that it's like because a a lot of the adults come off as unlikable because they their disbelief, but it's completely rational for them to not believe that this is going on and their actions and except for when we get to part 
when we get to five, four, when we get to four, five, and six, it's like, why aren't the adults believing? Yeah, <laughs> like the history well, we, shows what's happened. Well, <laughs> when we get to five, and Kristen's mom gives her a sleeping pill after everything that happened in four, <laughs> you still don't believe, and you subsequently kill her. Yeah, that behavior from the parents, but is unacceptable. But yeah, Nancy's dad, he's he's cool with me. I will say that I do, I do like uh, Kristen's mom, but only because I don't actually like her. But I only like the character because when she's introduced in three, she says something like "Andale, Andale" to Kristen, and then when she's reintroduced in four. She literally says, Undelay, Undelay, get in the car, Kristen. Damn. And I thought that was so funny. And it's the original actress, too. Like, they didn't recast her for that. Oh, yeah, I said five, but it is four that, that Kristen uh, dies. Yeah. Which I'm kind of okay with because I like Alice, but. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I like Alice. Alice is probably the only shining spot between four and five. And she's the only character that beats Freddy twice. That's true. Well, I mean, no, no, Heather doesn't because, well, Nancy doesn't because she dies in Dream Warriors. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was rough. Watch, watching poor Nancy. Yeah, poor Nancy. Poor Nancy. But yeah, uh, so, yeah, my supporting characters, like I said, it was uh, Max and Dr. Neil Gordon from Dream Warriors. I didn't have any from any of the other ones. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't give really... a shout-out to Tina. Tina's cool. The, the switcheroo we get in the original is yeah, cool. T- Tina is sweet. Um, her her boyfriend sucks, but I also I like him. He, I, I, have a, I have very mixed emotions about... Uh, what's his name, Rob? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Rob has a lot of good lines of dialogue, but he also kind of stinks. So it's a <laughs> oh brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this guy does stink. Yeah, he um, just kind of invades their uh, their sleepover. <laughs> okay, so while we're on it, should we transition to like favorite lines of dialogue or favorite? Uh, Freddy one-liners. Assuming you don't have any more side characters that you like to shout out. Yeah, no, we can move on. All right. So, in terms of Freddy one-liners, I only have one. There's a lot, obviously, but a lot of them I felt sort of indifferent to. Like, they were funny, but they didn't really stick with me. The one that did, though, was... And let me let me make sure I get this right. Because <laughs> let me make sure I get it, get where it's from right. So okay, so it is in part five, the Dream Child. So this is after we've been introduced to Amanda throughout uh, three, four, and five. So at at some point, Amanda. Uh, Amanda Kruger is sort of again telling these <laughs> telling these kids how to eliminate Freddy for the third time, and uh, 
I forget what she exactly says. It's something along the lines of uh, evil will not, uh, you know, your evil will not live or something. But she's talking directly to Freddy at this point. She's talking to her son. And Freddy says, we'll see, bitch. <laughs> and, and then leaves. And that one was the one where I stopped the movie and just was laughing <laughs> for five minutes. Because I, I cannot believe the audacity of Freddy Krueger. And, like, I shouldn't have these thoughts because Freddy Krueger is sort of this vile, disgusting person. But... I still could not believe that even Freddy Krueger would stoop to the point of just calling his mom a straight up bitch. <laughs> like, we'll see, bitch. And then disappears. So that was my favorite Freddy one-liner. Also, real quick, shout out to Amanda Krueger. I, I did have her. I forgot to write her down, but she's probably, oh, she probably arguably is. the most important supporting character in the I, entire yeah. franchise. Uh, it is weird that we don't get her in four at all. We get her in three, and then she comes back in five, right? I thought she was in four, but I don't remember. I, now I, I don't. <laughs> all these movies are blending into one another now, <laughs> so I don't remember. Yeah, who. watching them in such quick succession. Um, So you, you left a lot of one-liners on the table for me to pick from here. Yeah. Well, Obviously, the the standout, and I realize I've just been shouting out Dream Warriors this entire episode, but for good reason, though. Yeah, it, it's a beautiful film. Um, welcome to primetime, bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. <laughs> like, one. You, you you got that. Um, I also like in part two when he pops up out of the pool and he's like, "You're all my children now." I like that one. <laughs> I, I love. Uh, I think it's Dream Warriors, is it? Let me see. Where, uh, which might be the most evil Freddy. We got the girl in the alley who is a recovering addict, and he turns his hands into needles. And he's like, what a rush. Yeah. Like, Goddamn Freddy. <laughs> yeah, that the expression that he has when he injects her, his sort of uh, ecstasy-filled... Uh, expression and mannerisms is, <laughs> is just, yeah, he's vile. <laughs> also, shout out to Kung Fu This Bitch from Freddy's Dead. <laughs> that should have been in. That should have been in four. But <laughs> it's welcome here. <laughs> that one did make me laugh. I just, I just love the audacity of Freddy to uh, call his mom a bitch and then leave, <laughs> like. Man, you trying to get your ass whooped, aren't you? <laughs> also, Freddy popping up in the dream child. He's like, it's a boy. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. I thought that was so funny. In terms of other characters, I have some written down. Uh, I love. I love in the in the original uh, Rod when I don't think I don't remember if this is when he's first introduced, but when they're all at school. And they're sort of walking into school together. Uh, Rod walks up and says, I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina. It had your name all over it. And I thought that was so goddamn disrespectful. <laughs> I forget where it was in the franchise. Uh, there's another one 
where a character is asking another character, like, um, do you remember your dreams? And the guy's like, only the wet ones. <laughs> <laughs> another one that is really funny to me is uh, Glenn and Nancy are on, they're just on a bridge. It's it's kind of like a, a sort of, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? It's kind of just, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It it's a it's a small scene, um, but we open the scene where it's a faraway shot, and you just hear Glenn say, "When I get nervous, I eat." <laughs> it's so it's so weird and off putting, and like doesn't <laughs> it just it comes out of nowhere? But it made me laugh a lot. Um, speaking of, well, not speaking of, but. To go back to the goat, Kincaid, uh, in Dream Warriors, he says, let's go kick let's go kick the motherfucker's ass all over Dreamland. Oh, yeah, that's such a good one. I was That so, is such a good one. Let me tell you, I was so hyped when he said that. <laughs> Sitting on my couch like, oh, yeah, come on, Kincaid, let's go. They, they literally could have, part four could have just been Kincaid's movie. <laughs> Man, I would have loved to see Kincaid last Dude. like two, three movies <laughs> along with Man. the final girl. <laughs> He's so good. Um, yeah. He could have uh, he could have kind of uh, embodied that Nancy role. Where he's like, he's the mainstay that comes through. That would have been awesome. I love Kincaid. We, we mentioned this earlier, but when Alice... Uh, sort of adopts the the martial arts expertise from her brother and then says fucking hey <laughs> i'd love that line uh i love in part five when they're graduating and dan is giving a speech which doesn't make sense to me because i don't think that dan is the valedictorian <laughs> but no <laughs> he says so let's blow this pop stand. And then everyone cheers and throws their hats in the air. That part got me. Uh, that that beginning, like, graduation scene, why are all of the kids talking so fast? I was thinking that, too. I wrote that down, actually. I said, this dialogue is so weird in this graduation scene. The audio levels and shots make it seem like it's a fever dream because the character... Some lines of dialogue are just louder than others, and then the shots are from far away, so you don't even really know who's saying them. And they introduce four characters right in the beginning of the movie. Just yeah, these all, are the these are their friends, all of which are unlikable. <laughs> oh my god, every single one of them is unlikable. It's unbelievable. Um, to go back to the. Uh, to the lines i will say five also has the the dan uh, yeah that's his name right dan mm -hmm. the, the uh bike the bike kill is that what you were getting at no the car uh when he's driving the truck i'm talking about alice's boyfriend right that's he, dan right yeah yeah so when he's in the truck and uh is driving to alice from the from the school lock-in party. That's where the one dude tell, tells him that uh, 
calls him the fastest th- thing on three legs. The uh, <laughs> the cartoon artist and uh, Dan is listening to the radio, and there's this terrible sort of radio announcer, which is Freddie, um, and then he has a caller, and the caller says. I'm calling about my wayward ex-son, Daniel, who's been acting like an ungrateful, unmanageable dickweed ever since he was seduced by that bimbo slut whore, Alice. I had to rewind this three times because I could not believe that... (laughs) I could not believe this is an actual line of dialogue that someone wrote. And (laughs) And also, I was trying to write it down, so I had to get it right. Unbelievable. (laughs) Just unbelievable. And that's pretty much all the lines that I have that are my favorite. Next up, we can get into our favorite final girls slash guys. So, I mean, one, obviously, is Nancy. Of course. Even though I don't really like Nancy in part one. Now, Nancy. That's a hot hot take, buddy. Something about take. her personality in one just rubs me the wrong way. She kind of seems sort of ungrateful. And I think it's because she does embody what a teenager would act like. And I'm just an adult and <laughs> I'm yeah. so over that shit. Uh, but yeah, obviously yeah, she, she, she has some lines that are weird. Like when she's on the phone with her dad, she's like, I know who did it, daddy but I need you to be here to arrest the guy when I bring him out. Like, what about Freddy has made you think thus far that your dad's just going to be able to come in and put some handcuffs on him? Hey, when you, but when it, you bring him like out to the said, real world, <laughs> he's arrested. <laughs> so, like, what are you arresting at that point? Because you've already killed the actual Fred Krueger, right? The body. So this is just the, the sort of embodiment of him in a dream world if you bring him out what is he is he fred krueger because <laughs> technically i mean he's technically a demon innocent. right <laughs> well no in nightmare <laughs> technically he's innocent so you can't arrest him again oh statute of limitations God. have passed okay th- and you have no hardcore evidence of him committing the new crimes that is such a good idea for like a parody sequel where it's it's freddy's uh, freddy's arrested and he stands for Fre- freddy goes to court <laughs> <laughs> the trial of fred krueger <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it picks up right after the first one the dad arrests fred krueger and then it's just a trial movie. <laughs> Imagine that being the ending sequence of, of the original is the dad driving away with Freddy Cougar in the back seat in handcuffs. <laughs> 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 and, and you see his uh the the um the glove in just an evidence bag. <laughs> you could literally do we we talked about how Oh, I got it. Uh I got it. I got it. This is how you end and uh <laughs> Freddy Cougar gets arrested. Nancy brings him back out. Dad's right there, slaps the cuffs on him, right? And then the ending scene, you see uh, Nancy's dad driving off in the cop car with Freddy Cougar in the back seat. And then you roll the credits, right? Yeah. And then you have a post-credit scene where it goes to the evidence room 
and you just see the glove disappear in the back. <laughs> yeah, with the with the uh, child's nursery rhyme. <laughs> and then it ends. Yeah, it's so terrible. But yeah, yeah, that would be a, a legit ending for a uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, okay, so obviously one, it's Nancy. Mm-hmm. Two, I love Lisa in part two. I like Jesse, but um, Lisa is awesome. Lisa is my babe of the series, by the way. Um, okay. And I like her a lot. And Jesse's cool. Je- <laughs> Jesse is great because he just he just walks I love around. Jesse so much. He just walks around in his underwear with with a little semi chub the entire movie, and is just like <laughs> sweating and like, oh, Freddy's coming after me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I wrote down a top three. Did you have a third one? Uh, or, or honorable mention. Oh, you're going like whole series of favorite characters. Um, well, I just have a top three of my favorite final girl slash guys. I did rank them, uh, but I ranked all of them. So I'll just I'll just do the top three. Um, okay. Oh, that might that might change it. Here, you go through yours, and then I'll adjust mine. So coming in at number three, uh, Heather and Dylan. Okay. I think um it's similar enough to Nancy in the original, you get that, but it's different enough with uh incorporating Dylan. Right. Number two I have Nancy from the original. Um th- there are the things that we just talked about that make her a little bit weird and I do think that <laughs> her just reading uh a book, um booby traps and stuff like that, and then immediately being able to implement that successfully having only set it up within 20 minutes is impressive, <laughs> although a little bit unbelievable. <laughs> but I, I do, if, if you dismiss that and you just take her as she's a final girl that's standing up for herself, she's facing the killer head on, you got to applaud all of that. She's a great character. But number one is the Dream Warriors. Come on. Yeah. What, what's the other one's name? Joey? Yeah, yeah. Jo- poor Joey, man. Poor Joey. Poor. You just feel for the kid, man. Poor Joey. <laughs> you feel more. His death in four is, or five. No, it is four. Yeah. His death in four is really cool. His death is better than Kincaid's, which upset me deeply. <laughs> so. Yeah. Kincaid's death is just only because it's like attached to that horrific resurrection scene. Yeah. Like, it by itself you, is is good, but just yeah. the resurrection is whatever. Kincaid almost saves that scene, though. <laughs> I agree. He almost does it. I agree. Kincaid is the goat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna say, hmm. You know what? I think you're spot on because I originally had Heather as three, and then I had Dream Warriors, then Nancy. But I'm gonna flip flop. Those two, so it is, and I almost would put uh, Heather above Nancy, just because I think her character in New Nightmare is a little more well-rounded and interesting. But it's Nancy. She like, I have to also count 
uh, her her character from three when talking about her as the final girl in one because of that mm-hmm. sort of well, she does die, so you can no no three. <laughs> I'm saying like her full character work as Nancy, yeah. sure. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I think it goes Heather Nancy than uh the Dream Warriors. Man, imagine if we would have got that that sequel with the Dream Warriors coming back. I love those three. Kristen, uh obviously we've talked about Kincaid and Joey. They're awesome. <laughs> and the other Dream Warriors that we lose earlier in the film are yeah. they're they're just as likable as well even with the limited screen time we get with them. Yeah, it is but, really impressive how likable all the characters in 3 are, at least like the main ones. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a series that <laughs> varies in quality of uh likable and likable characters, but they nailed it in 3. Yeah. They did. Shout out to uh shout out to Jesse. He was my number four though. <laughs> yeah, Jesse is an honorable mention. I, I like Jesse a lot. Um all right, so do we have anything else we want to get into before we get into our rankings? And of course we'll we'll kind of talk a little bit more about each film as we go through the ranking. No, I think we should just get into it. All right. I I don't think our list is gonna be that different. So We'll we'll probably just we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, I, I know for a fact we have the same probably bottom three. The order might just be a little bit different. The fun- so what what's your dead last? <laughs> the funny thing is, this series it's so easy to come up with the top two or three. They might be a little different, but <laughs> like the hardest part of making this list was. The bottom. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I got it. My bottom (laughs) is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. It, uh, there is, there is really no redeeming qualities to this movie. It's got a really good opening song by the Goo Goo Dolls. And about an hour and 10 minutes into the movie is when the doc. Who is the best character in this movie? Uh, who is the entire time believed that what these uh, children have been talking about, about having these nightmares of Fred Krueger, um, <laughs> goes back to the original plan of trying to pull Freddy out of the dream. And then, and then it's still bad. <laughs> Even after that sort of highlight uh, and him as a, a highlight character, it still is not great. Just, just a bad movie all around. Yeah. Also, the most this. unlikable cast of the entire For series. Sure. Most unlikable cast. Most unlikable Freddy. Yeah. Worst kills. Worst one-liners. This is just full-on comedic Freddy. The fucking video game thing was Good just... graphic. Oh, I beat my high score. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. There's not a likable character in the movie. 
whatsoever. The the doc is whatever, man. I like, like I like the doc, he, but he's cool, but it's like he's just there to to provide this explanation. I will on... I will say that if Doc were in any other movie, he probably would be the the I don't I don't want to say he'd be the least likable character, but he'd be a bottom tier character. But because Everyone is a bottom tier character in Freddy's Dead. He just rises to the top. <laughs> Damn. I do kind of like the concept of a new cast of characters finding themselves in it's Springwood, right? Yeah. Finding themselves in Springwood and the town being completely different because there's no kids. But I just think it's done poorly (laughs) there are some so actually you know what i lied earlier because i i did watch the original one but i distinctly while watching freddy's dead had this uh nostalgia trip remembering watching the scene where the kids are in the van and they keep coming back to the same place i definitely watched this movie at least this portion of the movie as a child, and this was a a, a nostalgia. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it was a uh, a rush of nostalgia. What a rush! But yeah, this uh, it this movie stinks. Stinkers. Yeah it's, it, it, yeah, it's a huge stinker. I don't think we need to go in <laughs> into any more for that. Um, so I guess we can kind of go back and forth here. So. Um, I do have Freddy's Dead as my final one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I have The Dream Child. Which one is that? Five. Yeah. Okay. We still on the same page here? No, I have no. I have four. Uh. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, four. Four. Those two, I kind of were in and out about they could swap places really because they're both bad but four did the committed the the car the uh committed the worst sin of killing kincaid and that was what pushed it over the edge for me i'll talk about four when i get to it on my list but for me five is below four i don't know I feel like I could put four in and enjoy it somewhat. Okay. Five, I I don't feel like there's anything enjoyable whatsoever. <laughs> I think that it we get the second movie in a row where Alice is the only redeemable character. I think there's enough around her in four that works, but in five, there's nothing. <laughs> Once Dan is gone and he's disposed of pretty early, her dad is cool, but... I don't know. There's there's just not enough there. Um, five is where it's kind of like four. You still had a little bit of the psychological horror kind of aspect to Freddy. Yeah. Five, it's like a complete abandonment of that. He's just almost feels like a character of himself. He's just this completely goofy, corny one-liners. Um, I do like, like I said, I do like 
the idea of bringing back Freddy and having him invade the dreams of a fetus. But it it should have been done earlier in the franchise and done completely different. Yeah, this is possibly with Nancy. I, that that would have been awesome. I was just going to say this is definitely a storyline that would have benefited from uh Nancy surviving 3 and then uh this or yeah, it could have happened earlier than that obviously, but dude, um, imagine part 4 where Nancy's pregnant with Kincaid's child. <laughs> No. They're not that far off in age. They're both Elm Street kids, right? <laughs> well, no, because I guess Kincaid's still in high school in five. <laughs> or in four, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Kincaid's got to get his own girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little Sheila. Uh, a little asthmatic nerd. And I just want little. I just want little Kincaid Nancy babies. <laughs> oh, fucking, fucking Freddie up. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, so my uh, my next one is five. Um, I think here's the thing about five. It's not good. Here's why I like it a little more than four is because in the graduation scene when it shows Dan and uh, Alice like taking pictures with their friends and talking to their parents. Uh, and they they show the dad who had been a real piece of work in part four, uh, just a you know a drunk and abusive. When they introduce him in five, and he talks about how he's been to uh, AA and he's clean now, I <laughs> I in my head thought, oh man, good for that guy. And then I thought, I cannot believe they got me to care about. <laughs> the characters from four. <laughs> yeah, that. But it's weird because in that scene, um, where he, he was kind of like a deal is a deal. Well, what what was the deal? What what is Alice? What what's Alice's part of the deal, right? Or her part of the bargain? What is she doing? That okay? Now her dad is getting sober. What what was the breaking point? I mean, you would think the death of his son. Right. But do you think that based on the character he was in four, that would kind of push him further down into being more of an asshole, but it just kind of redeems him completely? And it's just kind of a jarring change for me. doesn't really work. I agree. Like, I think the only reason really is because coming off the high of three four is such a disappointment that five whether intentional or not can only go up really <laughs> like yeah you can only go up from in in my opinion obviously yours is different but like yeah i just think the high of three really impacts four whereas five is so much distance from three that i can view it as its own sort of story but yeah, that that's my. Uh... Also, I keep saying that we're talking about eight movies and there's seven. So yeah. Uh, so that's my that's 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 my number five uh, favorite. In fa- <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I believe 
I'm on my five, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so you... my my five is um uh Dream Master. I think Dream Master is cool after once the Dream Warriors are dead and you're kind of over that. If you can look past all the kung fu, <laughs> it's a good movie here. A little bit. It does. Uh, it does have think... really neat effects at the end, um, where the Alice and Freddie are fighting in the church. Uh. Yeah. Um. Again, same thing with five though. Like I said, Alice is kind of the only likable character out of this new group. I feel like earlier on in the franchise they did a really good job of making you care about these kids without giving you too much of them. Right. In four, you don't get any of them and you just don't care about them at all. They're just there for Freddy to kill. The only one that I liked of the new characters introduced in four was Sheila. And uh, only because for some reason, a nerdy black asthmatic black girl riding a scooter is just like, that's my shit. <laughs> that does it for you. <laughs> like I, I love yeah. it's. It's such a stereotype of the sort of nerdy character, but for some reason, it really works for me. Uh, all those other characters, they can, they can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, so we're on number four now. Yep. I think we. I'm almost positive we might have the same top four. We're about to find out. Number four for me is New Nightmare. Okay, we're on the same page so far. We're there. I kind of teetered and flip-flopped my number three and four, but I ended up going with New Nightmare at four. Um, I like it, but it's too long. (laughs) I agree. Um, Far too long. It takes too long to get to the climax of the movie. There was a point when I was watching where I wasn't really paying attention and was on my phone. But then when the climax happens, I was totally invested in the movie. So, like, there's a, there's a good 20 minutes of this movie that could be cut, and I think it would greatly benefit the entire viewing experience. Um, I lo- I shouldn't say I love it. I do like the sort of meta approach to the, you know, the Freddy Krueger character, him being a fictional character, but this demon sort of taking the persona of Freddy because it is such a powerful, you know, face of horror, I guess. Um, A really interesting concept. And also the premise really for what the Scream franchise is. Because it is sort of dissection of the horror franchise and its impact and its effects on, you know, popular culture and society. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, I echo everything you said. It's definitely a precursor to Scream. We we had to get New Nightmare to get Scream. I agree. Yeah. Um, My problem, though is I don't know when to turn this movie on because if I want to watch a Freddy movie, this I'm not turning on New Nightmare. Right. There's just not enough there. Like you said, it's too long. You only get two kills in the entire movie. 
and both of the kills are almost the same kills from earlier in the franchise that we've seen. Right. Yeah. The, the, the glove, the glove kill, and then the the kill with the the nanny. Yep. Is very similar to Tina's death. There's just it's very slow leading up to the climax. The climax is great, but I just didn't care enough about everything leading up to it. And there's just not enough Freddy. I I think that I like how they kind of hold Freddy back. They just hold him back too much. I think if the two kills would have been a little bit more unique, then it might have worked better. Or even a third, like, if you're going to reference you know, the past kills, there needs to be one totally original one. So it could have been two repeats and then a third, you know. Yeah, I mean, do you do we count the the other two um people working on the film that get killed by the glove in the beginning? I think they that's shown as a nightmare, but is it a nightmare later on in the movie when it's on the news? Yeah. Because there's a I, part of the movie where they talk about two people on the on the set show up dead. I'm going to assume it's a similar death, but it should have been shown. Yeah, it, it happens off camera, so it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> and then, you know what the weird thing about this movie is? Robert England just totally escapes the entire... <laughs> The entire thing. He just goes on vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That's weird. I do love the uh, the scene when Nancy's talking to Wes, and when he goes by his computer, you can see a, a copy of Cujo by Stephen King in the background. Let's just get this out of the way. Wes Craven is not a good actor. <laughs> no. No. But I don't think he needs to be, though, I, I, yeah. to, to pull the role off. Um, but like I was saying before, I don't really know when to put this movie in and watch it because it's not what I run to when I want to watch a Freddy movie. And if I want to watch a meta horror film, I've got six great Scream films to put in. Yeah, it it really is in sort of this niche uh, area because it's made for the sort of hardcore you know, fans of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but then it's not really made for anyone else. <laughs> and it's too slow to be, uh, you know, it's too slow compared to the previous films. So it is in sort of this gray area of, who do you recommend this to? Yeah. I, I liked I prob- it, but... Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a good movie, but it just... I don't know when to put it on. No, I didn't just do I thought I just deleted all my notes. I just looked down at my phone and <laughs> it was like empty notes. I didn't. All right, um, we're on number three. Yeah, number three. Um, what do you got? I have uh, Freddy's Revenge. Nightmare on Elm Street 2? Nightmare on Elm Street 2. That's Freddy's mine. Revenge. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I love the Freddy we get here. He's dark as hell. This movie is so funny. And there are so many scenes. Okay. When Jesse and his rival, I forget his name, are playing baseball and they get into that fight and Jesse's pants fall down and it shows his butt. (laughs) Maybe the funniest I laugh, maybe the hardest I've laughed while watching these movies. Because it's just, 
everything about this movie is so absurd. <laughs> I'm so confused at him and that other guy. I can't remember. I, I'm so confused at their relationship because <laughs> is he the bully? Is he the guy that he has a secret crush on? Like, who is he to Jesse? Also, it might have my favorite death, like, kill in the entire series when the coach is in the shower and that is a good one and gets uh like hung up and smacked in the butt with a towel (laughs) that that is a good one i am a bit more partial to uh dan's death scene in part four being a little bit better the motorcycle right yeah um but we're not talking about four we're talking about two yeah two and like I said, I don't mean this as as offensive, but uh, I'd like to think that one day we can say this and it actually means like cool. This movie's so gay, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I think it's cool now. No, it is cool, but <laughs> you know, I I just wish as a, my secret hope for our society is one day we can be like that's so gay, like in a positive way, <laughs> and like it be a sort of pop you know pop culture thing and not. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into that, but yeah, this movie is so gay and awesome. It's yeah, there's it's so silly. <laughs> there's not a lot to dislike, honestly. I feel like it's a good sequel. It's not the direction I would have wanted the franchise to go to. I I think if dream warriors was part two then like that's a one-two punch that's beautiful but i i kind of like the break we get in between the two where it's like it's this isolated story these characters aren't really brought up anywhere else in the franchise it's a complete outlier yeah and freddie just doesn't play by the rules that is set out anywhere else in the franchise yeah it's 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 a movie that should be (laughs) on all accounts terrible but Oddly is charming <laughs> in, in yeah. ways that I can't even describe. So that, that's the number three. And I think we have the, the exact same one, too. So, well, we'll see. Number two for me is Nightmare on Elm Street 1. I completely, wholeheartedly. Uh-oh. Agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, one is about as perfect of a horror movie in its first entry as you can get. Yeah. Uh, the tone is, uh, it's straight up horror with like, you know, little side jabs of comedy, but pretty much the entire cast is likable. Um, it does a real good job of building the world. Uh, yeah, just a real good first entry into a horror franchise. Yeah, that for me, it it's like endlessly rewatchable. It if you're in the move, if you're in the mood for a Freddy one, this is it's the obvious choice. Um, I do think the final few, like the last ten seconds of the film, kind of they bring it down just a little bit. If, what, if that you're talking about the, would, the car, yeah, I love I, I, when Freddy 
pulls the mom into the house though that <laughs> that got me it, it gave me a little jump scare <laughs> yeah but but when you know the backstory behind it where it was basically a disagreement on set of how the movie should end if it should be definitive or not i i don't like its inclusion just because right i i, I think having it end nancy definitively defeating kruger and then going right into two with two being completely different. I, for me, I didn't need that last little, the last few seconds. Yeah, I agree with that. It it's shocking, right? It gives it a shock ending. The mom being dragged through the uh, window, but yeah, it's just a little bit weird. It it, it the movie ends the first time you watch, it, you're kind of scratching your head like what the hell is going on here? But <laughs> it follows the trend through the whole movie where you don't really know when she's dreaming and when she's not. Right. The Like I said, the only, aside from that, the only other problem I have with the movie is that Nancy gets a lot done in 20 minutes <laughs> to set up. But I think they do that in other parts of the franchise too, but that one just stands out so much because yeah, I think this one is a whole montage yeah. of everything she's doing. And it's like, there's no way you got that done in 20 minutes. Fell asleep confronted freddy fought him brought him back there's no way yeah i just think we're more accepting of the wackiness as the series goes on but this one is sort of founded and you know more grounded even if it is based on you know uh a killer in the dreams it does feel more grounded so yeah the idea this sort of wacky c- scenario does stick out whereas if this happened in freddy's dead i'd be like yeah that makes sense yeah, the only th- the only thing that's weird is why is the mom holding on to his hat and hiding it in the furnace in the basement? They got a lot of secrets, Travis. Like why why are you holding on to to <laughs> to memories of that? <laughs> Doesn't make sense, especially I mean you find out in thirty that they buried him in a junk. They didn't bury him, but they put his remains in in the junkyard why not just put that in there as well but i mean it seems like it could be found by a poss- possible investigation <laughs> into how freddie died <laughs> um, well they gotta arrest him first remember they gotta well, pull him yeah. out of the dream and arrest him well no i'm talking about if no i if know there was an <laughs> investigation of who who the fuck actually killed freddie anyway um and then our number one it well is it a hot take to say Dream Warriors is better? I mean, maybe, but I think if I think if you talk to people, they're going to say either 1 and 3 are 1 and 2. It might be a hot take to put 3 above 1, but I think 3 strikes the perfect balance of this is really where every every aspect of the series is kind of you know, firing on all cylinders. You have the horror, the horror uh, of Freddy, but he's still this sort of comedic character with these, you know, quick one-liners. And then you have a a cast of total likable characters. Yeah. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a, uh, a hot take, but it could be. Yeah. I I think you got it right. I think if, it's firing on all cylinders. You get the best cast of characters in terms of like the teenagers that Freddy is after. You get the return of Nancy. 
Um, and Nancy is now stronger than ever, but she's just as heroic as she was in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, her trying to protect the children, she just comes off as such a likable person in this movie, a little bit more than the original, I think. Yeah. Um, you get the perfect blend of scary and witty Freddy. The only time I could think you can say that Freddy was done just as well is maybe Freddy vs. Jason, but I'd have to rewatch it. But I, I think Dream Warriors, you get the best version of Freddy. And then I think the introduction of Amanda Kruger, she adds so much to the character of Freddy Krueger, being the bastard son of a hundred psychopaths or whatever it is. Right. It it's so fitting for his character to that for that to be his origin story. I really like that a lot. Yeah, the 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 introduction of Amanda and her involvement in three is such an anchor that really uh it really it really helps the movie. It it's an outlier in just the world of horror cinema where an origin story for a villain that's brought up in a sequel actually strengthens everything. Yep. I mean, when we tried to get an origin story of Michael Myers, it took it away because it stripped away just this is a guy killing babysitters and no one knows why. That's so much more scary than this is a guy coming after his dead sister. And there are other examples, you know, across horror where you give this, you know, your big bad villain this origin story and it kind of takes away where they fucking hit the nail on the coffin. True. And it's got and it's got Kincaid, the goat. And, and an amazing soundtrack too. Ooh, the um the 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 theme at the end like the while well, the ending credits roll with that mm. it's so good. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I was like I was so hyped when the when the movie ended and that theme start, started playing. Yeah. I I will say though, the score from the original, if they would have did what they did with kind of like the Halloween franchise where you got that score but maybe like each film kind of alters it a bit but it's still just the na A Nightmare on Elm Street has an amazing score, but they just don't go back to it. It's sprinkled in in parts of the franchise, but it's not gone back to enough, I feel. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, three three is the best, and uh, for all these reasons that we've listed, and uh, it, it and also I mean, has. If, if you disagree, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it also has such a great cast. You got it does. you got uh, Larry Fishburne. I love that they call him Larry Fishburne. That is so funny to me. Uh, Larry Fishburne. You got Patricia Arquette. You know, you got Nancy from the original. Who I can never remember her last name. Heather uh Langenkamp. Yeah. Just just a real good cast. And I mean, the the return of Wes Craven to the franchise too. Obviously bolstered three and being what it was. It is funny how every time Wes Craven dips back into uh nightmare, it's it's just this shit gets good. This instant <laughs> rise of quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It also is funny that we rank two above New Nightmare because I think specifically, if I if I remember right, Wes Craven uh, signed on to do three because he didn't like two at all. Yeah. (laughs) So it is funny to be like, nah, man, that one's good. (laughs) I like two a lot. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if you're going to sit down and binge watch, you you could just one, two, three and be done. I agree. Turn it you can you can almost just do one, two, three, new nightmare. Skip four and five. <laughs> Freddy's dead. Freddy's dead. It's not the worst movie ever, but it feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it. There I I would I would rather sit down and watch a Tubi movie than watch Freddy's Dead. That's what that's what Freddy's Dead is. Freddy's Dead is the Freddy movie if somebody from Tubi got the rights to make Freddy. Freddy's Dead is just the... It is the blueprint on how to make a bad movie. Like, you want you want an, a total unlikable cast? <laughs> you want not any good kills? This is... Uh, watch this movie and <laughs> this is the blueprint. Also, the worst lead. Like, Tracy is such a, an insufferable character. Like, we're supposed to have this sort of empathy for her being, you know, the daughter of Freddy Krueger. And... Well, that's Maggie, right? Or, sorry, Maggie's Maggie. the daughter. Um, yeah, Tracy's the other Tracy's the survivor other. Yep. who's just kind of like this there. hardcore character just to be hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Maggie, sorry. Also uh, does m- mixed martial arts as well. Just, you know. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put that in there. Hopefully in the, the next, uh, actually, I shouldn't say. I don't want that for a future Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't want any martial arts or or UFC or, <laughs> or MMA or anything. I- I think the biggest sin that Freddy's Dead might have committed was the flashback scenes. I didn't, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see Freddy as he was before everything with his wife and kid, and then the wife discovering the room, the kid. Well, I don't need to see any of that because I think part of what makes Freddy so good is that you like him. Even though he's this kid killer, in the earlier films where there's not so, it's not so on the nose that the other stuff was going on. Right. You can kind of forget about it, but it's so like, when you get that flashback sequence and then in the remake where it's like right in your face that, no, this is who Freddy is, it, it takes away all the charm of Freddy. And now all the one liners that are supposed to be funny just, He's completely unlikable. Yeah, here's the thing. If you're gonna have the flashbacks to Freddy when he was, you know, human and his sort of vile acts against children, you can't do the one liners. <laughs> you have to commit either you have to you have to go either way. You have to either have just the sort of, you know, you know what Freddy did, but you don't really talk too much about it. And he has the one-liners, or you go full, full into his past, and he's just a terrible person. 
you you can't have a middle ground. I I think the way to do it is how the remake started to do it, where in the remake it was kind of like he was accused of doing this, but he might have been innocent. I think if you come back around at the end and you reveal that Kruger was actually innocent, then it works. But when you go full on, like, no, he's guilty. He was do he yeah. he was bleeping these kids. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck that. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's part- I think it's particularly hard for me to stomach now being a father. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, the one of the scenes that like. I I almost turned Freddy's dead off where you get, you get the scene where little Maggie goes in the room and then she comes back out of the house and the, the camera turns and you see Freddy killing the mom. I was like, okay, I I don't need to I don't need to be seeing this through the lens of this child seeing this happen. I don't want to see that. Yeah. It's a lot more palatable when it's teenagers witnessing this stuff or going through this stuff, but when it's a little innocent kid seeing, like, I don't need that. Get here, fuck out of here with that shit. Here's the thing. Like I said, you can do that, but you can't have Freddy be a funny guy. <laughs> he has to be the vile. Yeah. And I keep going back to that word, but you have to, you have to pick and choose. You can't have, you can't have both. Yeah, you got, you got Freddy doing that, and then you turn it around. Oh, good graphics. You can't have him... If you're going to go full into Monster Freddy, yeah, you can't have him talk about good graphics and high scores. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that scene? When he's sitting in the room playing the game and Maggie and Tracy kind of like get into the dream world or whatever, they just straight up run up on Freddy and Freddy does not see them coming. He's just so into the game <laughs> that they just literally walk all the way in the room with him and then hit him. Uh, it's like that. It's like, damn, Freddie, you didn't see that coming. You didn't. You didn't feel them coming into your world. No, because they were good graphics. <laughs> okay. Um. So, uh, I guess to close out, um, what would do you want to see in any future Nightmare on Elm Street property, or or what format would you like to see this come back in? Do you want to see another movie? Do you want to see it delve into TV, or do you just want to let it die? I don't know. It, it, I think it really depends on who is at the helm creatively. I think if Wes Craven is involved in the creative aspects of something dealing with Nightmare on Elm Street, I'll be more inclined to watch it. But... Yeah, this is a franchise that I think doesn't need a reboot. But I don't know how to continue the story. <laughs> or even yeah. if I want it to continue. I think I think a reboot is Do you think we're far enough removed know. from the remake to remake it again? Because when did, when did the remake come I think come 2010 out? was the remake. So we're at 13 years, almost 14. Yeah. Um, 
I I will say you have to have Robert England involved if you're going to do something, which means you're going to have to do something <laughs> very soon. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, Wes Craven, you know, unfortunately, Wes Craven can't be involved. Right. Wow, I totally, uh, I totally forgot that he died. Well, that stinks. Um, yeah, so. So maybe, maybe you do just let the, let the IP die. It is funny because apparently it's owned by the West Craven estate. So someone in there needs to, uh, get with someone creative. Um, I think, and I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think you need Robert England either. Really? Okay. I think, I think, I think the actor that portrayed Freddie in the remake, if he would have been given a better script, maybe could have delivered a better performance. But I don't think there was anything in particular wrong with his acting. I think he was just kind of trying to make the best of what he was given. I, I didn't like the design of Freddie in the remake. But, yeah, the design is pretty terrible. But I, I wasn't offended by his performance as Freddy. I, I like the thing he does with his fingers. Mm-hmm. But I, he just comes off a little bit too creepy, but that was the script he was given. I think given a better script, he probably could have pulled off a better Freddy. So I don't necessarily think you need you need Robert England there. I think you can get it without him. Yeah, maybe. I do think Robert England needs to be involved like in some sort of cameo role. I do love in the series when Robert England is just Robert England or yeah, without the, <laughs> without the face, you know, without the makeup and everything like in I, part two, when he's the bus driver, uh, I love that. And, uh, reg- I do like them showing him as a human, uh, in Freddy's dead, wh- whether the content is good for it or not, but get that the fuck out of here. I, I do like when they show him, you know, how he was or in a different sort of role. But yeah, I do think you need to have him involved in some capacity, whether it just be a cameo or just have him be Freddy. Um, I, I don't know if you. Yeah, I don't know. This is <laughs> this is a series that is really hard to dictate a future for because like we said earlier, your your best films really have been with Wes Craven in some sort of creative capacity. And with him not being with us, it's like who who could pick that mantle up? I tell you the the, the thing I don't want, I don't want it to go to T V. Really? You don't want a TV series? No. Okay. No, I, I don't. I don't I don't What about don't a mini series ever... though? No. Okay. No. I think it could work as a miniseries, but I don't want like a straight up like television show. Like I don't want ten one hour long episodes. Yeah, no. Um I'm good. I think if you had like four like forty five minute things, it might work. But then again it might be too long, which is what we complain about for New Nightmare. So you know who might be um up to the challenge to do something with the uh with the Friday on or I keep saying Friday. Uh Nightmare on Elm Street series is 
whoever is in charge creatively of the recent Scream movies. Um, yeah. Potentially. I think I feel like there's been a little bit of a dip in Scream, but not so much though. I think I if think... I think if they understand Scream, they could do something with the my only mm, I don't know cuz Scream is such a different type of horror movie than what I would want a potential I guess, Friday yeah. uh Nightmare on Elm Street. Like if if you were going to do like uh, a successor to New Nightmare somehow. Like, I, d- I don't even know if you need that because you got Scream. <laughs> I don't think we need another meta movie. I yeah, I don't know. Keep it, keep it out of Bloomhouse's hands though. <laughs> don't let them touch it. I wonder if uh, I wonder if James Wan could do something with it. That's Conjuring, right? Yeah, Conjuring. Yeah, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. As we're talking about it, I, I, I'm almost content with just letting Freddy die. <laughs> and if if I want to watch Freddy, I can go back. And I got the original. I got Dream Warriors. I could put four on and have a good time. I, I don't know if I want any more of these movies. Well, I will say that. Uh... Oh, Kevin Williamson. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah. I think we're at a point now where it would take someone with a true vision that is, you know, way past my uh <laughs> way above my uh intellectual thought to sort of revive this franchise. And uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we need it, and I don't necessarily know if it uh, should exist. So, yeah. Well, and that, and that's Nightmare on Elm Street, folks. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> I had a thought, and then it, it escaped my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's a Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and that's a wrap on five weeks of Halloween. We did it. We did it. We're f- two years in a row. Oh, I just I just realized we've been recording for almost two hours, and I yeah. just realized that you're wearing the Scream shirt, the Ghostface shirt. I am. I don't own a Nightmare on Elm Street shirt, or else I probably would have wore it. I almost, almost, I was so close to buying a Freddy sweater because I found Ooh. just the sweater, and I was like, I was, th- I was thinking these colors are terrible, and that was the idea. Was uh, those two colors were uh, in the original film were so contrasting that that was the idea for it. But I just think it would be awesome to just walk around <laughs> like on Halloween in a Freddy sweater with no, you know, no mask, no makeup, no hat, just. Just a sweater and a pair of jeans. <laughs> yeah. It, Just it, get the it, hint it, of it. Yeah, similar to a Christmas sweater. True. I like it. You should have got it. Maybe I will. I still got a couple yeah. days. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I guess to wrap up, um, guess I think it's pretty safe to say that at least for the time being, 
we'll go back to every two weeks. Yep. Posting. Um sort of like our, our normal content we were posting before the hiatus. Um so we're not going anywhere now that the five weeks of Halloween is over. I'm sure we're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all, folks. <laughs> we we turn the podcast into only the five weeks of Halloween. We come back for five weeks a year. Wait, That's wait, wait. It now. All Halloween, all year long. Huh? Huh? Don't, don't, don't tempt me. Because no, I'd, there I'd is like to no talk shortage about. of horror stuff that I could talk about. I'd like to talk about other things, but you know, I am so into horror movies lately that uh, we could keep just keep talking about them. Why don't we do this? Last year. We did a Halloween hangover episode, so really it was kind of like the sixth week. We could do that again this year, and we can just kind of, because I've also been consuming some other horror media that we haven't gotten a chance to to get to this month, so we can kind of unload it all. So should we come back next week? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I guess if we don't, I could just edit this out. So if you're hearing this, listener, yeah, we'll be back next week. and. If you're not, then it'll just be between me and you. <laughs> true. True. True, true, true. All right. Well, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully you enjoyed these five weeks uh, of content. And uh, hopefully you keep with us while we talk about other, whether it be horror-related or non-horror-related. Um, we do have social media, Nerds Collide Pod. Uh, we are on Instagram. We are on X. Uh for the time being. Yeah, for the time being. We'll, we'll probably branch out to other stuff. Uh, we're on TikTok, so follow us there. Comment, like, share, all those good things. And uh, subscribe and uh, <laughs> like. Perhaps. Perchance. You <laughs> Rate could... five stars or whatever <laughs> amount of stars you deem appropriate. <laughs> yeah, rate us one star and leave us a review that's like, I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite Google reviews where it's one star and then it's like, I love this. <laughs> I was actually just looking at Amazon reviews for a product and it was that same exact situation. It was like two stars, but the review was just glowing. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, leave us a one star. Don't really do that. That that hurts my feelings. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> um, so yeah. And you know, as always. Totally blanked on the outro. Um, Oopie doopie. And just remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone. So find your passion, embrace it. Watch a ton of horror movies, and most of them are terrible, but you still have a soft spot in your heart for them, even though you don't like the movies at all. Uh, And (laughs) then wonder what you're doing with your life. And oh, hold on, real quick. Yeah, because I, I wanted to ask this question earlier. Did you drink coffee like as a teenager, like growing up? Not at all. Me, like growing up for me, like coffee was like not off limits, but it was off limits. Like, yeah, you were you're a kid. You have enough energy. You don't <laughs> you don't need caffeine. Yeah, I had an experience where I was maybe ten, where I asked uh, my parents if I could drink some of their coffee, and that was the end of my coffee drinking for maybe 15 years. <laughs> so. I don't I didn't drink a cup of coffee until I was 
maybe 19, if I remember correctly. But, or maybe I had like a cappuccino or something like that um, at a younger age. But I always find it hilarious in, in movies when like, the kids just like come down getting ready for school and they stop and pour themselves a cup of coffee. And I'm like, that is so weird to me. Yeah. Who does this? <laughs> what? And I just laughed out loud, especially in the original. <laughs> when Nancy just pulls out a whole fucking coffee pot <laughs> underneath the bed. Well, I think I we, it so I don't, much. I don't remember if we were talking about this on the episode or before, but I love in the original when she just steals her mom's cup of coffee. Like I need this mom. Are you having night? Are you having nightmares about a kid killer? Your mom's like, uh, yeah, no, I killed that guy. I like in the remake when they just straight up get drugs from the hospital and shoot up. <laughs> what is, I think it's like some form of adrenaline or something. I don't know what it is that he gets, but anyway, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Remember, the term nerd is ready for everyone, so find your passion, embrace it, and be the nerd that you are. Bye. Bye.